Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today we hear a story of a very hard lesson learned and some nuclear revenge that went with it. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I got my boss fired as revenge for being a strong nepotist. I got my boss fired at the TV network where we worked for being a nepotist. No, I didn't report her for nepotism. I got back at her in some other way and, trust me, I hit her where it hurt the most. I started working at the network as a 17-year-old. I had graduated high school and was waiting for my dad to come up with my college funds. For a year, I worked very hard at the network and in my former boss's department. I mostly did the traditional intern things, ran errands, served coffee, used the photocopy machines and all other stuff, but I was diligent at those things regardless. I wanted to get noticed and I decided that the best way for that to happen was to make sure I was diligent in the little things. My dad always said that the more diligent a person is at little stuff, the higher the responsibilities that will be entrusted to their hands. When my dad finally got the money from the litigation and could finally pay for my college, I took a break from work and went to school. I was a freshman, so I needed to learn all the ropes in school before I could decide if I could spend the same hours I spent at the network in school. All through my freshman year, I was away from the network, but I returned in my sophomore year. When I returned, I met another intern who, like me, was a college student. He was in his senior year in college and was quite lax about work. He wasn't nearly half as diligent as I work. He was unwilling to do anything and was a child. I did my work as I used to and ignored his behavior. I'd learned very early in life that there are people who could do certain things and get away with it. Things that I couldn't even conceive the idea of doing. Though he was an annoying boy, we soon got talking, and he would offer to give me a ride back to campus whenever we closed for the day. One day, while riding in his car and having a conversation, it somehow slipped that his dad was my boss's wife. He was her stepson. Man, I should not even be telling you this, he said, chuckling. I didn't understand why that was, but I understood later on that nobody could know that my boss knew him because the network had a policy of never letting family members work in the department. She would kill me if she found out I told anyone. Let's keep this between us, okay? Okay, I replied, nodding carefully. I didn't want to seem too enthusiastic to keep his secret or that I found the news exciting. I didn't. I also didn't want to look like I was sober and reflective as he may take that to mean I was offended by what I'd heard or thought something was wrong. As I progressed with my internship, I was invited by Human Resources to discuss my advancement at the network. My coworkers and boss had put in good words for me and they were looking to employ me as a full staff. They were however worried about my undergraduate program and whether or not it would affect my work. I assured them that it would not and then told me about an upcoming interview for the three of the interns in my department. To be honest, I wasn't anxious about the interview at all. I was very confident that I would be the employed intern. I'd been there the longest and had established a good relationship with my coworkers. I was very useful to them and had generally made myself valuable in that environment. On the day of the interview, I had just finished a lecture on literature. 
The professor stayed back in the lecture hall for 10 minutes after he was supposed to end the class. It was always a fun class, so nobody complained about the extra time he was using. Even though I had an interview in less than two hours, I was enjoying the class, until I remembered that I had to hurry out. I called the professor's attention to the fact that his time was over, to the annoyance of my course mates. We all loved and looked forward to his classes. I hurried to the network, went into the restroom to take a proper look at myself, and make sure I looked presentable for the interview. When it was time, I went in first. There were three interviewers in total, a man from Human Resources, one of the producers on the network, and my ex-boss. The other men seemed to like me, but my ex-boss kept asking questions that seemed to infer that I was not qualified. She asked about my age and whether I thought I could handle a position as a staff, given the fact that I was very young. She also implied that my schooling would distract me from carrying out my duties at work. I was sad that day. The truth is, at first, even when I applied for the internship, everyone worried about my age. But I'd stayed long enough at the network to prove to them that I knew what I was doing. I may have been a college student, but I did a marvelous job managing school and work at the same time. They say very often that I'm not a full staff, but I did all the duties of a full staff. The full staff delegated their duties to me very often and I performed well. I was shocked that my boss would sabotage me like that. I had even thought that it was the external interviewers who I would have the most issues with. I however knew the larger part of the decision was going to be made by my boss. She was going to be my boss, so she had a huge influence over who was going to work in her team. I was on the edge all weekend waiting for the phone call, but it never came. My parents could hardly console me. I cried so hard that my head started to hurt. I know the person they chose, I told my dad. Who, he asked. He had pity all over his face. It's the third intern. I just know it. I know my dad wanted to ask why I thought so, but he didn't want me to go on and on about it. I told him why anyway. He's the only one who's not a college student. The two of us are college students, and the other college student is extremely lax about his job at the network. I completely forgot that he told me that the boss was his stepmother. The Monday after, I found out that it was my boss's stepson that was employed. Even our other co-workers could not believe it. Everyone expected me to automatically be in that position. You should not take it personally, one of my co-workers advised. The world's not a fair place. He shook his head as though he had recalled a bitter situation. I nearly stood to throw a tantrum when my boss called a meeting and introduced her stepson as the newest full staff. It just didn't make any sense to me. I was perhaps the most hard-working intern in the entire network. After a month, my ex-boss facilitated her stepson's move to a different department. He had always mentioned that he was looking forward to being in that department, and I thankfully hardly ever saw him since seeing him triggered me too much. In my third year, there was another opening at the network. This time, there were four interns in my department. I was talking to a coworker about the opening and expressing my desire to be a full employee when he warned me not to get my hopes up too much. It's just, our boss has a close relationship with one of the interns. The only reason he got here in the first place was that she orchestrated it. I nodded, the flashbacks of what had happened in the past coming back to me. Just as my coworker had predicted, I was not chosen. I wasn't even invited for the interview, and the intern she said was going to get it was selected. I was going to leave, end my internship there and leave for another network, but the network increased how much interns were paid, so I decided to stay since I could use the money. 
In my senior year in college, I was finally retained as a full employee at the network. The only reason that happened was that my other co-workers stood up for me and insisted that I be selected. My boss was already tired of me and it was clear that she wished I'd just leave the network. My continued stay and effectiveness were a burden to her since people were wont to ask questions. After graduating from high school, I became a full-time staff member and the network brought in three new interns. Naturally, it was my place to show them the ropes since I was a junior staff member. Two of the interns were fresh graduates and one of them was a college student. As time passed, the college graduate left the network abruptly. Soon after, the other two interns left. It was a close observation that brought it to my notice that female interns don't ever stay for a long time in the department. I knew just a handful of them in over my five years of working at the network. It was a little over five years at the time. The college student and I were close when she worked with us. We had a semi-formal relationship, but I never had her number. I was quite curious about why she never told me about leaving, and I hoped I'd see her someday and ask. One day, I was visiting my friend who's a teaching assistant and lived on the university campus. I saw the intern just as my friend and I were getting in the car to go buy a drink. I excused myself from my friend and called her. She didn't look pleased to see me. In fact, she looked frightened. After what happened at the office, I didn't think anyone would want me around, she said when I asked her why she quit. I was confused. I didn't know that something had happened, but I suddenly remembered the times when my coworkers would speak in hushed tones. They were probably talking about that. Anyway, I took her number and asked to meet up for a drink later. She agreed and we met up later that week. What she revealed to me was that the assistant head of our department was always hitting on young female interns. He would corner them at work and invite them to be with him in a hotel. If they refused, he would bully them. The intern had noticed this pattern and immediately told someone she knew who worked in a magazine. That person was interested in the story and informed the network that an investigation would be carried out. She told me that the investigation was still ongoing. I thought that was unfortunate, but I soon saw an opportunity to get back at my boss when she mentioned that she told my boss, but the woman shut her out and called her a liar. She accused my intern friend of lying but she knew that it was true because another intern that was working alongside this intern had told her that she went to my boss, but she told her to not worry too much about him. The intern didn't think too much about my boss's response though. She was focused on the deputy. Naturally, I'd been waiting patiently for a chance to get back at my boss, so I highlighted how my boss's response was wrong and encouraged her to talk to human resources about that. She had already been interviewed, but she never mentioned that part. Luckily for me and unluckily for my boss, the network was already looking to get rid of her deputy because they didn't want bad press. The next Monday, I went up to Human Resources and told them what the intern had told me. I am afraid that she is not making the office a safe space for women, despite pretending to be all about girl power. HR was reluctant to do anything, so I decided to push them. One thing the network hated was bad press. I knew that if my boss was getting negative press, their hands would be tied and they would be forced to send her away. I sent an anonymous article to the same magazine about how my boss enables an environment where young interns can get touched by their superiors at work. I even spoke to the old intern who had reported first. I didn't want my name on the article, but my intern friend was fine with taking credit especially since she was on the receiving end of my boss's nonchalance. The article was published and the network was thrown into a frenzy. 
More girls came out to talk about their experiences with her. The deputy is the brother of her closest friend and she's been shielding him for that reason. As I had predicted, the network's hands were tied. They suspended her pending the time the investigation would be completed. While she was on suspension, her deputy was found guilty by the committee, so his appointment was immediately terminated. I think my boss's public relation management wanted to reduce how much damage had been done, so they urged her to quit before the investigations and the network were over. Big mistake. After she quit, no big name was willing to employ her. She had a bad name, and they didn't want to be associated with her. They only wanted to interview her. It wasn't until all these happened that my coworkers started to openly talk about how she was a strong nepotist. People hardly got promoted because she would bring in friends of friends and family to occupy positions that were better suited for people who already worked in the network. She also went out of her way to make sure that anyone who dared to question her was so frustrated that they quit. Interestingly, she did all these while appearing to the public as a sweetheart. Anyway, I finally got my revenge, the girls got justice, and my coworkers were relieved to no longer have her as their boss. It was a double win for everyone. Can we just applaud the other companies for staying away from an awful person like this? I guess it really depends on just how much results this person generates. But it's nice to see that when serious accusations come out against a person like this, those companies are taking it seriously and saying, yeah, we're not going to even begin to entertain that idea. That said, our next story is the lessons I learned in a hard way. Throughout my teenage years, I had created an unhealthy pattern of constantly choosing the wrong men. It wasn't safe to say I liked to do so, but I was caught in that web for so long that I began to see my situation as normal. In introspection, I knew I wanted a love so true and so wholesome, but I kept choosing the opposite. Then I met Jose. I thought Jose was my last chance to experience one real healthy love, but I soon realized that I was caught in an even more Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Vicious Circle Jose wasn't my dream man, but somehow he managed to convince me that he was. We got close when I exhaustively said, men are scum, when I was with Eric, my ex. And I honestly hoped that Jose was the one when I left Eric. Eric was a nightmare that happened in broad daylight. He was that guy that was both manipulative and abusive, even physically. I remember vividly when we had a short getaway to Disneyland Park to commemorate our first anniversary. 
I still get cold shivers anytime I remember my experience on the trip. Eric visited and hung out with an ex-girlfriend in California even while we were on vacation. His only excuse was I became extremely difficult after we had an argument and he needed a shoulder to lean on. Like, who walks into the arms of an ex due to an argument in his relationship? Then again, I knew Eric wasn't the choice. After Eric, I tried to heal. I tried, I took self-care seriously, worked on my mindset and built a solid relationship with myself before Jose came along. I must confess that it was a whirlwind romance with Jose. Everything was fast and sweet and I truly felt I'd found my missing rib. It was easy with him at the beginning. He knew my story and I hoped that it would be a forever kind of thing with him. We weren't perfect and that was because I chose to overlook most of his shortcomings while we dated. I got married to Jose not out of pity but out of the acceptance that there was no perfect out there and somehow he was my special. I liked the strong sense of masculinity he exuded. I loved marriage and I was ready to sacrifice so much to have a family. When I was a child, my parents weren't ready to sacrifice a lot for our family. Not that they owed that to us, but my brother and I openly craved togetherness in the family. Neither of my parents were perfect, but my mother didn't make things easy. She was the more difficult one of the duo. Looking back now, I realized I felt I could do better than my mom. Hence, my reasons for being overly tolerant of the wrong men. Our family eventually fell apart when my dad got a better job in New York, but my mom refused to move the family from South Carolina, even when it was convenient for her to do so. My dad was a good man, but he allowed my mom to make most of the decisions and she got away with the not-so-good decisions. I didn't realize how much influence my mom had on me until I started getting attracted to men who I thought were stronger than me. I didn't like to say it. But my dad was a weak man, so I chose the men who I thought were his opposite. Even though I had a thing for strong men, my definition of strength wasn't healthy. I had that with Eric, and it was the same with Jose. But Jose wasn't the kind of strong man I wanted. He wanted to control even the air I breathe. He was so strong that I felt his presence suffocating me. If I wasn't married to him, I wouldn't have believed such a nightmare existed. But I was married to him and it was my turn to sacrifice so much for the togetherness of our family, just like I wanted my parents to do for me. I loved Jose, even if I had to consciously grow the love, and he loved me too. Still, I couldn't trust him with myself or Katrine, our daughter. When Jose began to hurt me, I never believed he could. He did quite a lot to chase me and convince me to be his wife. He came at a time when I didn't want another strong man, and I'd given up on love and all that embroiders it. All I ever wanted was growth and stability. Jose knew Eric, he knew how unwholesome my relationship with Eric made me, but still, he chose to hurt me. First, I realized that he hid a facade behind his personality. He was an unrepentant cheat who suffered chronic addiction to anything under the skirt. His craving was so dangerous and alarming. And it was bad enough that his gay face and his carefully trimmed body did something to the minds of women. Even when he got on my last nerves, much to my chagrin, his appearance increased my oxytocin levels. Then he strutted around with a strong air of pride as if he knew how much charisma he possessed. There was nothing to be proud about on the harem of women that fluttered around him like bees who were ready to sting. Yet he was proud. I didn't know how, but he was very meticulous around me to have hidden this ugly side of him from me when we dated. 
I once found out that Jose was having an affair with three different women at work at the same time. When he got confronted, his defense was I was no longer intimate with him. Then, he was manipulative. He was even an expert in the game. Jose used my daughter to manipulate me to stay in such toxicity with him. He knew how much I hated divorce, yet he kept driving me to the edge because he knew he had the words to make me feel weak on my knees. One time I moved out with Katrine, and he made sure to spam me with hundreds of messages and calls begging and apologizing. He reminded me of how I promised to allow my daughter to have a complete family no matter what. He got me on that, and I was in tears for weeks. I wondered why the same man who knew me so much was the same man who hurt me so much. I was unhappy, but I stayed just to prove a point. Then there was no point to prove when I found out that Jose had finally done his worst. I didn't know what hurt the most, what I found out or how much I tried to save my marriage. I invited a counselor, got a therapist, organized vacations, got better in bed and all the kinds of stuff I did. Yet none of that got me the marriage of my dreams. On the contrary, I was thrown farther away from happiness and true love. The day I found out that Jose impregnated his high school sweetheart, I was thrown off balance. I questioned everything even more. I wondered if I was a bad mother or an ugly wife. Was I not beautiful enough? I knew I had my shortcomings. I stopped being the dutiful wife or the wife who cared. Do you expect me to have continued to play the good girl card when I got treated like trash again and again? I knew I stopped sleeping with Jose at some point, but was that enough reason to impregnate the girl he dated in college? I did everything just so he could notice that I was in distress and pain. Instead, he still gallivanted all around until he succeeded to push me to the edge of the cliff. Well, if I was going to fall off the cliff, I was determined not to fall off alone. I had it to my chest. I knew I was going to destroy him the same way he destroyed me. I didn't know if Jose was just bent on ruining the last pieces of the life I'd carefully tried to weave together. He didn't want me, yet he chased me, wooed me, and then manipulated me into seeing that I was the problem. Every night, Jose came home to a warm atmosphere. I became homelier than I'd been in years. It was easy for him to think that he could continue to fool me. He would hum and chuckle incessantly around the house. He even played more with our daughter Katrine. I smiled more and watched him closely. Then I realized that the problem was never about me. Truly, you can't take the pig out of the mud, but you can't take the mud out of the pig. Despite my little display of pretense, I could still see through the veil. Jose looked for opportunities to be alone to himself, and he was always on a video call with some lady. He was a very happy man. Somehow, I was envious of that happiness. That happiness irritated me. I didn't understand how Jose could desecrate our marriage vows in that manner and still went about as if there was no cause for alarm. Jose chose to be happy with another woman and he chose to make another woman happy at the expense of me. While I had chosen him for so long, he chose to choose himself and another woman without a second thought. Truly, men change for whom they want. Somehow, I had a strange feeling about the woman Jose was with. It wasn't just jealousy I felt, it was curiosity. Why, Jose? Why should she choose to get pregnant with her ex? Were they trying to spite me or drive me farther? Perhaps she'd always been there. I was the one who chose to look away. Then I found out that she was a single mother. She got married while Jose and she were still courting. That was audacious, but she did it. That was the woman who hurt Jose so much. Yet Jose left me for her. 
There are no rules to live, rather we break and set all the rules, but there was a strange air about the drama in our lives. Why were they both playing with other people's emotions? This strange woman Kayla was a handful, and I couldn't keep my curiosity at bay about her. I followed Kayla secretly. I needed to know why she came back for Jose, or was it Jose who came back for her? I knew Jose was no longer naive. He was no longer that college dude who was laid back and patient. A lot had changed him. Did Kayla know all of that and still choose to risk her heart? Okay. Kayla didn't make following her easy. She was everywhere and equally nowhere. But I noticed she liked to stop by a particular restaurant every time she was out. She got the same food every darn time. Who does that? Then she wraps that food carefully as if her life depended on it and goes to 47th Street every day in Greenville, South Carolina. Why? I was curious. She never lived on 47th Street, but stopped there every day she was out. None of her relatives stayed on 47th Street. Who then was on 47th Street? Kayla was very discreet. She made nothing easy for me, even though I was running out of patience. My lucky day came when I was about to throw away all the months I'd invested in this mystery woman. As usual, Kayla got the same food pack from the same restaurant, wrapped it carefully, and looked around more carefully to be sure no Jose was coming. She walked into a detached duplex on the outskirts of 47th Street. Then, there stood a figure. I wasn't sure who it was. Thank goodness I had binoculars. I'd been very careful about myself. Kayla was smart, but no one can outsmart a woman like me who was in distress. A woman in pain. At first, I had to clean my binoculars to be sure I was seeing the right thing. I knew Kayla was mysterious, but I didn't expect to see her kiss another man passionately the way she did. It was obvious the man was waiting for her at the door. I froze on my sit. I had over a thousand thoughts in my head. I called Jose immediately because a part of me feared that he was the only one at the door. Had he stopped going to work completely? While I was deep in thought, I frantically took my cell phone to call Jose. I was relieved to hear that he was home with Katrine. Katrine's voice was all over the background. While I jolted back to reality, I saw Kayla laughing heartily with her mystery man. They were headed out to some place and I could tell they were eager to get going. They kissed passionately once more and I was able to get a closer view of this mystery man. It wasn't Jose for real. Strangely, the revelation of the truth got my heart reveling in melodious tunes. I couldn't believe that Jose was being cheated on as well. I couldn't believe we were all in the same pool of madness. I knew that the revelation of the truth was going to be my perfect revenge against Jose. I mean, I was eager to show him his foolery. I looked forward to seeing the grave look on Jose's face when he finds out that he'd been fooled not once, but twice by the same person. I looked for a moment to reveal all that Kayla had under her sleeves. The best moment for me was on Kayla's birthday. I knew Jose had grandiose plans for her, but I had a better surprise for both of them. Just when he was about to step out, I called his attention to the videos and pictures on my phone. The shock on his face couldn't be put into words. He didn't know how to pick up his confusion. He was shocked I knew about Kayla. I'd never seen Jose that weak. He was so broken and shattered. He couldn't believe Kayla had fooled him all along, just when he thought he'd finally gotten her in his grasp. The only woman he truly loved had rejected him twice, and he blamed me for the second time. He was so angry at me for ruining his happiness, especially when he planned to serve me divorce papers and move on with Kayla. 
Well, it was a double blow for Jose because I ended up serving him those divorce papers first. Jose deserved everything he got and I felt no single empathy toward him. He didn't appreciate what he had, instead he craved what he didn't have and he lost everything altogether. I left Jose without looking back. It took me 7 years but it was long enough to know it takes two intentional people to make a team of a successfully married couple and most importantly, loyalty can't be bought. I'm just impressed that OP was willing to go full on PI mode with binoculars like they planned for that contingency. I know people are dedicated to catching their partner cheating sometimes, but man, OP definitely took it into their own hands to another level. Although it had to be fairly obvious when every so often, Jose probably had these random events that he always had to attend to, probably with the boys. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.